I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another preview episode of the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You could follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you could follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis, and we have a very interesting episode in store for you guys today, as the Saints will take on their division rivals, the Atlanta Falcons, and Drew Brees won't be playing quarterback for the Saints this week, as Taysom Hill is going to be getting the start. Up until this point, you know, you're going from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we all thought that Jameis Winston was going to start, and now it's Hill that will start in Breeze's place, which to me is very interesting. It's like you throw out all the preparation, like all, all the numbers that I was looking at with Jameis Winston and how the Saints can use him and how they, you know, can maximize his talents. Like that all goes out the window, and now you bring in Taysom Hill. Let's see what he can do. And I feel like this is a very interesting move for the Saints. To me, it may be one of the most surprising moves of, you know, the Sean Payton era here, bringing in, you know, a guy that's really, you know, a Swiss Army knife type player, a guy that can do everything. Now you're going to bring him to his normal position at quarterback and see what he can do, see how many big plays he can make. And again, I'm very intrigued. As I said this in the recap of the 49ers episode, I was saying that I'm just very intrigued to see what the Saints do here. And now I'm even more intrigued here with Taysom Hill as the starter because it's his first NFL start and we don't really know what we're going to get out of him. So to me, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens here on Sunday. And I think we should just jump right into it, starting off with our notes and more specifically with what Vegas is saying, with what ESPN's matchup predictor is saying. So right now, the Saints are three and a half point favorites in this game, which to me is very good, especially without your Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees. And I feel like it definitely would have been higher if Brees was in. So basically what Vegas is doing, they're calculating all of the question marks with Taysom Hill, because we don't really know what the Saints are going to bring out with Taysom Hill. I'm assuming a lot of read option. I'm assuming a lot of, you know, runs with Alvin Kamara with the zone running system. I'm assuming a lot of big plays downfield and just trying to get a lot of just huge impact plays because there probably will be some negative plays because he's coming in here first start and I bet there will be jitters and I bet he'll be nervous even though he's been on the team for quite a while. I mean, look, first NFL start as a quarterback. That's definitely, you know, a big step forward for Hill. And obviously Sean Payton wants to know what they have in Hill. And this is the best way to do that. I mean, I bet in practices they've been talking about it and they've been going through it and they've been putting him in at quarterback and like the training camps and stuff. But now it's, it's his shot. And what Sean Payton said, I believe, over the uh, the offseason, he was saying that Hill is our backup. And he is now. Like, that. If he wasn't just kidding. Like, he's the second stringer. He, Sean Payton thinks very highly of him. So it's going to be very interesting what happens in this game. But the Saints are favorites. 
And with the FPI ESPN's matchup predictor, the Saints have a 62.2% chance to win, which is kind of similar with, you know, what Vegas is saying. It seems like they're predicted to win, but not by a huge margin. I mean, this is a pretty big margin, over 60%. But still, it's not like it wouldn't have been, it would definitely have been higher, excuse me, if Breeze was at quarterback. So that's really what it is there. Moving over to the team stats here, as we always do, starting off with the offense. And now with the Saints, you could kind of take this with a grain of salt because now Drew Brees is not starting at quarterback. It's Taysom Hill. So, again, these numbers may not be, you know, as accurate as they would have been with Brees at the helm here. But points per game, the Saints are sitting at fourth, which is, to me, outstanding, over 30 points a game. Really, you just love to see that. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Saints could get over 30 points in this game. We're going to see how dynamic Taysom Hill is. And I'm pretty excited to see it because... I can visualize, you know, him having a huge game and then just like not so good of a game. So it's, you can get one of the two extremes and against this Falcons defense, which is very, very porous. I feel like the Saints could get that really big extreme and he has a big day. He runs for over a hundred yards and he passes for over 200 yards and throws two touchdowns, runs a touchdown. And it's just like he has this field day. Like I can see that. And I feel like there's been a lot of negative with Taysom Hill this season. One game can turn that all around. And uh, I feel like he has a possibility to do that. And especially he's had a lot of success against this Falcons team on Thanksgiving last year. He had a huge game against the Falcons. So maybe that had something to do with playing him here as well. But to me, that is really interesting. Saints are fourth in points. They're also um, 12th, excuse me, in yards. So again, it, it shows that, look, this offense is good. It's solid. But now you're taking out your, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees, replacing him with Taysom Hill and, you know, if I was going to give one advice to Sean Payton and one piece of advice to Taysom Hill, it's to just rely on Alvin Kamara, rely on the reigning offensive player of the year in Michael Thomas, rely on Latavius Murray, rely on Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, the list goes on and on. Because these are the guys that are going to help you win this game. They're going to win that game for the Saints. And as much as Taysom Hill is a do-it-all player and he wants to do everything, rely on, you know, these award-winning players, the best players in the game rely on those guys and I feel like if they do that and then you sprinkle in the Taysom Hill magic you're going to have a lot of success so that's really what it is for the Saints offense when you look at the Falcons right now they are 13th in points and 5th in yards so almost like a flip-flop of what the Saints are doing so obviously they're gaining a lot of yards I think that also has to do with you know being behind in games and you have a lot of garbage yards and 13th in points they've been better of late but the beginning of the season their offense had a little bit of trouble and now they've gotten better but I feel like why that yards number is so high, it's because of the garbage yards at the end of games. You know, you're down by multiple scores, trying to come back. That's happened a few times to the, to the Falcons. So you're able to accumulate a good amount of yards in that way in a short amount of time. So that's really what it is for Atlanta. And it's kind of similar what they're putting out there. You know, it's going to be Matt Ryan. It's going to be Julio Jones. I mean, it won't, won't be uh, Devontae Freeman, but it will be Todd Gurley. So a lot of similar things they're doing, Calvin Ridley. I mean, a lot of the similar things won't be Austin Cooper, but it will be Hayden Hurst. Kind of like plug and plays, those are the differences. Offensive line hasn't been that solid, so I feel like the Saints could definitely take advantage, and their defense can use um, similar schemes that they've had been in the past that have been successful. They can do that again, and I think that can be very good for the Saints, but that's really what it is for the Falcons. And moving over to the defense, the Saints are 12th in points, 4th in yards. So, again, it's kind of like a flip-flop of what their offense is doing. Actually, is a flip-flop to what their offense is doing. And, look, I know this defense has played better of late, but, I mean, who would have thought, like, four weeks ago, I would tell you that the Saints would be fourth in yards and twelfth in points. It really is crazy. 
And I feel like, look, this defense is playing a lot better. I think that's predicated on the secondary playing a lot better. And you got to give a lot of credit to guys like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Malcolm Jenkins, who have really, you know, I think have gotten better throughout this season. And then you add guys like, I would say the pass rush for sure has gotten better, and that's helping the back end as well. Marshall Lattimore is playing a little better. He was banged up in last week's game against the 49ers, but it looks like he is going to play in this one. So I think that's really big with Julio Jones going forward. And this Saints offense, or excuse me, the Saints defense really rides through Marshawn Lattimore, and he's the key. Like if he's playing, locking down one side of the field, it's very, very hard for opposing offenses to get things going, especially when you have Cameron Jordan, especially when you have Marcus Davenport. He, since he's been healthy, he's been outstanding. Trey Hendrickson, he's like the guy that just bursted onto the scene this year. So that is really good stuff from the Saints defense. And you look at the Atlanta defense and 25th in points, and then you have 30th in yards. It's definitely been a struggle for them. I mean, you don't really have that many playmakers there, really outside of Deion Jones. The defensive line isn't very good for the Falcons in this one, besides Grady Jarrett. You know, you don't really have a lot of household names there, which is definitely something that I feel like the Saints do have. So I feel like that's, you know, big for them. You don't have a lot of depth for the Falcons. I mean, they do have Tyler Davidson, a former Saint, but he's not like great average starter at best. Steven Means, Charles Harris, your edge rushers, like the Saints will have no problems blocking him, uh, most likely. And, I feel like that's definitely trending good here for the Saints. And then, you know, you flip it over to the back end of the Falcons, and I believe that they're actually the worst team against the pass this year, and that's obviously not good. Their back end's always had trouble, and that's continuing this year. They are rebuilding it, and they definitely have a lot of young guys there. You have Isaiah Oliver. You have A.J. Terrell in there. Um, you still have Keanu Neal and then a Ricardo Allen in there. Safeties, to me, haven't really played that well for the Falcons, too. To Darquise Denard, to me, is kind of just like a veteran, you know, journeyman. So, you know, he's not going to give you this outstanding lockdown play, and he hasn't this season. I guess, you know, he hasn't been the worst, but he hasn't been the best by any means. So that's really what it is for the Falcons. You have a bottom five defense. Your offense, I think, is trending in the right direction, but I feel like the Saints could take advantage of it because it's just really the same offense that they've put out year after year. And I feel like, you know, when you're looking at the Saints defenses, they've found ways to scheme against it and stop it. And a great example is that Thanksgiving game last year. The Saints had like nine sacks. I wouldn't be, I mean, probably not nine sacks, but they'll probably be able to get pressure on Matt Ryan here and hopefully get home and have more sacks here in this one. So that's really the case here for these team stats. Now moving over to the injury report. And for the Saints, it's very, very lengthy. Josh Hill, he's the first guy we're going to go into. He's a concussion. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. He is not going to play in this one. I would say Traquan Smith did come back, and he was limited on um, Thursday, but didn't practice on Wednesday. I'd be surprised if he plays. Now, he did leave the door open by you know, going to limited. Now, if he was at full today, I would say maybe he's able to go. But if he goes limited again, he probably won't be able to go in this one. But we'll see. So we don't really know for sure on that one. Then Drew Brees, the big one, he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And I... I'm assuming he's not going to practice all week here in this one. And I think the big thing with Breeze is if he goes on IR or not, and we're going to know that within the next few days, it doesn't look like he's going to. So then that two to three week timeline definitely feels a lot more likely here, which is obviously great news for him. And definitely hope all the best with the Breeze recovery as, you know, we Saints fans want him as back as quickly as possible. And, you know, I said that I'm intrigued with Taysom Hill, and I am. And, like, I definitely want to see what the Saints have here in Hill and, you know, Winston, whoever was going to start, now it's Hill. So you definitely want to see what's going to, you know, happen here. But this Saints team needs Drew Brees back here for the stretch run. And look, if he doesn't go on IR, that means it's going to happen. 
So I, I feel like that's really good news if he doesn't go on IR, and we just have to watch that news. But right now, it's trending like he's not going to. So he's going to miss this game, and he probably is going to mix the next one. But maybe that Falcons game, that's going to be very interesting to see if he pushes it to play in that one. I don't think he's going to. I think it's going to be... Probably he's going to miss three games, maybe even that fourth game, come back the fifth. But I do think with Breeze, I would like to have him back like a few games before the end of the season. So, you know, he can get back into it and he's able to, you know, have a few games to, I would say, you know, get a feel to come back in this game and play, you know, before he's playing in these impactful games in January. And that's just my opinion with it. Now, I totally understand why people are going to say, well, hold him out for until the end of the regular season because you want him to really 100% heal. And I'm definitely for that, but I feel like he can 100% heal before that. And we've seen him do it time and time again and not risk re-injury. We saw it with, you know, the thumb last year is a great example. So I feel like if he's willing to come back and the doctors say he's not going to re-injure it, there's no risk, I say do it so he can get you know, that rhythm back. And a lot of people say, well, he's Drew Brees, he's played 20 years, you know, he's going to be able to find that rhythm very, very easily. And I don't know how easy it will be for him. And I'd like to have a few games for him just to test it out, make sure everything's good before those really meaningful games come up in January. So again, that's just my opinion on it. And I feel like we have to watch Brees' IR situation because if he doesn't, it seems like a return into the lineup is going to be quicker than maybe a lot of people thought. So I think that's really big there Dwayne Washington doesn't look like he's going to play so that's something special teams wise that the Saints have to look out for they have a ton of depth on special teams so I'm not that worried about it you have Cameron Jordan he looks like he's a back injury but it seems like he's going to be fine and playing same with Ryan Ramchek. and it's good to see that Malcolm Brown was limited Wednesday and Thursday and hopefully he's going to come back and play in this game so again I feel like if he practices on Friday I think he will play Then Alvin Kamara, he's the interesting one where he was limited on Wednesday, held out on Thursday, but he was spotted on the practice field on Friday. So that's obviously really great news. He said that he's not worried about it and he's going to play. So that's obviously great news with Kamara, barring any setbacks, he will play. And the Saints will definitely need him on the field. So that to me is great news that he's back on the practice field and going to play. Marshawn Lattimore, he's the last guy on this Saints injury report. He did an abdomen injury. He was on the practice field both Wednesday and Thursday. He was practicing limited. So hopefully if he logs another practice in, that means he's good to go. And again, he should be definitely motivated to play Julio Jones. And I know he will be. And it should be a very, very good matchup between those two. And then moving over to the Falcons, it looks like tackle Matt Gano. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. So um, I'd be surprised if he played, but it wasn't an illness. So maybe if you know, he's able to you know, get back from that quickly. He can play, but I wouldn't expect him playing. Calvin Wrigley, he's the big one, limited Wednesday and Thursday, but he has no injury designation going into this one, so he will play. Uh, Caleb McGarry, he had a knee injury, and he's full practice Wednesday, Thursday, so he's going to play. And again, that's really what it is there. Alex Mack, their center, he had a non-injury rest you know, uh, day on Wednesday, so he didn't practice, but he'll be just fine. So that's really what it is for the Falcons. So now we're going to move over into our intriguing matchups here. And our first one, I think you guys all know it. It's how Taysom Hill is going to do in this game. And he's the pinpoint guy that we're looking at against this Atlanta Falcons defense here. And Hill is just a very interesting player because look, he has no starts. And again, you can look at his, you know, game by game log and, you know, it's a lot of rushes and, you know, some pass of receipt receiving some passings as well. And it's like so much stuff. And 
Again, it's just like a little here, a little there, and he obviously doesn't have a rhythm. It's going to be interesting to see him play in, play out on the field for all four quarters because I feel like he's such a flash player and he's, you know, he's going to do some big things for you and he's going to make some huge plays. And you see him not make some, you know, some stupid mistakes that he should, you know, know to throw to an easy progression onto an open receiver, but he doesn't. He takes a sack or he fumbles or something like that. So there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs with Taysom Hill, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over four quarters. And, you know, just looking at his stats, I mean, this year he's four for five, 86 yards, which actually isn't bad. He has three first downs throwing the ball. I mean, his career, he's 10 of 18 and 205 yards. He did throw an interception as well. So actually, I mean, you're looking at this year, it is better than his career stats. So I think that is very good there. I mean, looking at the rushing stats, he's 186 yards rushing, one touchdown. He does have the fumble that he lost last week, which definitely isn't good. He also lost one against the Packers as well. So two lost fumbles uh, for him there. And then I wanted to look at the preseason because I thought this was really interesting. And this was Amy Just who tweeted this out. Uh, she's a writer for um, NOLA.com. And she said basically went through all of Taysom Hill's preseason logs from uh, 2019 and Look, these stats, to me, there are some ups. You have some downs. The first game, he was 8 of 14, 81 yards, touchdown and a pick. He also had six rushes for 45 yards. The second game, this Chargers game, where he led a big comeback. He was 11 of 15, 136 yards, two touchdowns, five runs for 53 yards. Like, if we get that Taysom Hill, it's going to be, it's gonna, Twitter's going to go crazy. It's going to be like, oh, Taysom Hill's the best. And he was dominant in that game, and he has a chance to do that. We'll see if it happens here on Sunday. Um, the next week, he was 8 of 13, 127 yards, two rushes, 15 yards. And then the last week, he was 13 of 17, 100 yards, and he had five rushes for 35 yards. So, again, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he does over full four quarters. And this is the pinpoint matchup that, you know, I feel like is big with Hill. And, again, you just want to mitigate the, you know, huge dives, but you want to really be able to make some big plays. And I think the big thing with Hill is going to be decision-making trusting that he can hit guys down the field, that he could be a pocket passer. I think that's going to be the big thing. Will he be able to step up and make a throw? Will his progressions be good? I think he needs a lot of improvements to when we saw him last. And we'll see if he's there. We'll see if he made those improvements. And obviously Sean Payton feels like he did because he's going to start him in this game, and he feels like he's better than Jameis Winston, who to me is an average starter in the NFL. So I feel like right now when you're looking at, at, you know what Taysom Hill can do Sean Payton feels like he's at least an average starter and he's a chance to be much better and it's going to be interesting to see what Taysom Hill can do under center and getting a whole week with all the first team snaps a whole game plan it's going to be very very interesting to see what Taysom Hill can do in this one and I'm intrigued to watch it I'm a little nervous to watch it I was telling one of my friends that this is kind of the most nervous I've been going into a Saints game in quite a while because you have no idea what the Saints are going to do here. Are they going to, you know, implement a Lamar Jackson type package? It's going to be very interesting. And I am excited to see how it all plays out with Taysom Hill. And again, they're going to, they're going to need him to have a good game in this one for the Saints to win and, or, or just not like an awful game. He's going to have to be able to control this offense, definitely drive the team down, down the field for some touchdowns. And I think he's capable of doing that. And I feel like if he leans on Kamara, leans on Thomas, as I said earlier, he should have a pretty good matchup there. So to me, that is really interesting. Moving it over to our second intriguing matchup here, it's going to be Marshawn Lattimore versus Julio Jones. And Lattimore, we all know, he comes to play when he plays the best receivers, and Julio is one of the best receivers. And there is no doubt that I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to show up to play in this one. 
Julio this season has 43 catches, 631 yards, and then also three touchdowns in seven games. So he's going to produce. We all know what Julio is going to do. He's going to put up the 1,000-yard seasons. He's going to put up the, what, 75 catches seasons. He's outstanding. We all know that. And Lattimore is going to have to shut him down. And we've seen Lattimore in the past be very competitive with um, Julio Jones, has some good games, have some, you know, I mean, he's never really had a bad game against Julio. I mean, Julio has had some, like, I would say, you know, just normal Julio games, but it's not like he's went off, ever went over, like, 150 yards. He's never done that. It's more of like, oh, does he get 75 yards and a touchdown? And, and I feel like it's always competitive between these two, and it's always a good matchup. And I feel like with the Saints, and the one point I want to talk about in this matchup is that really when Marshawn Lattimore is clicking and he's able to shut down the top receiver for an opposing team, this defense takes it to another level. And he is really that engine that drives that defensive machine to become elite. Like if the Saints defense ever becomes consistently elite, it's going to be because of Marshawn Lattimore and his elite all-pro play consistently. And I feel like he has a chance to continue that consistency when he played, he was good last week, so we just need him to continue that. And I feel like when you're looking at these stat lines, I feel like, you know, if Julio only has five catches, 50 yards, that's a good game. And we'll, we'll see if he gets a touchdown or not. But I feel like right now, I think he's going to be able to at least hold Julio in check. And I think that's going to be big. I think the other matchup that I wanted to highlight here with this wide receivers versus cornerbacks here for Falcons and Saints is Calvin Ridley. Because Calvin Ridley is actually, I feel, you know, burn the Saints more than um, Julio Jones, and that has a lot to do with the Saints' second corner. It's always been Eli Apple. Well, now the Saints have Janoris Jenkins to me an upgrade, and I think that's really big. So I feel like Jenkins will be able to hold Ridley in check. I feel like Lattimore will be able to hold Julio in check if healthy, and I feel like the Saints' defense has a good matchup here to succeed against this Falcons team. I feel like the Saints are built to win in this division of you know this NFC South. I feel like they kind of built their defense to beat the NFC South offense, whether it be the Bucks, whether it be the Falcons as well. So I feel like that's big. And also the Panthers, too, with their two good receivers. I feel like the Saints, the Saints defense, excuse me, is really built to beat uh, those teams. But that's really what it is for the Julio Jones, Marshawn Lattimore matchup. And then our final matchup here for this segment is going to be the Saints weapons versus this dreadful Atlanta Falcons defense here. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, they're going to have to step up in a big way in this game. And there's really kind of no question about that. I feel like with Taysom Hill in there, first career NFL start, he's going to have to rely heavily, especially in that first, second quarter, on Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Harris, whoever it is. They're going to have to step up in a big way in this one. And I feel like, look, I, I think they will. Because Alvin Kamara, I feel like he's a player that when you're looking at this Falcons team, they have been able to keep him in check for most games because of Deion Jones. And now Deion Jones really is no one else. So I feel like the Saints are going to be able to at least run the ball down the Falcons' throat with Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and that's going to take off a ton of pressure of Taysom Hill. And then I feel like with Hill, give him easy reads. Give him easy throws with a lot of separation, and he's able to really hit them with ease. And I feel like the way to do that is have vintage 2019 Michael Thomas in place. And I feel like he's just ready to burst out and have a big weekend. Hopefully it's this one here for the 2019 offensive player of the year, because I think he's a guy that I feel like the Saints have to get going if they're going to want to really take that next level as an offense and really overall as a team. And this is a perfect game to do that against a secondary that, to me, is lackluster. And I think the Saints will be able to take advantage of them. And I feel like it starts with Michael Thomas. And I feel like that connection with Taysom Hill, if he can 
really be able to kind of develop it with easy throws, easy catches. You know, I feel like that's really going to help the Saints find, you know, the spots either if it's zone or if it's man, get a lot of separation. I feel like that's going to be really big here for what the Saints are going to do. And that's the same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. Get him in spots where he's able to, you know, make easy catches, you know, do like the screens to, you know, certain players. Same thing with like De- uh, Deontay Harris, excuse me there. Um, really whoever it is, make easy throws for Hill. And then once he gets comfortable, open it up with the deep shot to Harris. Open it up with the deep shot to Emmanuel Sanders. You know, give the play action over the middle crosser to Michael Thomas. I feel like Hill has a chance to do that. And I feel like it really, look, the key to this game to me isn't Taysom Hill, as it's more of the Saints weapons winning. Because if the Saints weapons can win, it really takes a ton of pressure off of a guy in his first NFL start. So that's something that the Saints obviously want to do and execute on. And as I said, it starts off with these, look, all pro-type players with Thomas and Kamara. And I I feel like they're going to step up. They're going to have a big game. And that's really going to take the pressure off Taysom Hill. So before we get into our group-by-group preview, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, and UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sportsbook with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there's really no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also have a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. And now we're going to get into our group-by-group preview where we go from the quarterbacks all the way down to the special teams and coaching groups here and just say who is going to have the edge, the Saints or the Falcons. And as we always do, we're going to start off with the quarterbacks here. So Taysom Hill, Matt Ryan, and I feel like Saints fans may be mad at me for taking the division rivals here, but I'm going to give Matt Ryan the edge because we all know that Matt Ryan is an above-average quarterback. And we don't know what we're going to get out of Taysom Hill. Maybe it will be an above-average performance and it'll outplay Matt Ryan. Or maybe it will be a train wreck. We don't really know what's going to happen. And I feel like it can go either way here. But I feel like I'm going to go with the known commodity with Matt Ryan. He's a guy that, look, he won an MVP. He's definitely above-average QB. He's having a pretty good season this year when looking at the stats. And really, when you look at the Falcons, it's never really their offense's full problem. I mean, it's, it's always the defense always falling behind and then the offense has got to play catch up because you look at what Matt Ryan's doing over 2,700 yards 15 touchdowns five interceptions like that's a pretty good season for him and uh again I feel like right now before this game now I think Taysom Hill can easily outplay Ryan but I'm gonna take the Falcons right now at the quarterback position moving over to the skill position group here for both of these teams and Definitely both teams have good skill position players. I mean, for the Saints, you have Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Harris, Marquez Callaway, Jared Cook, Adam Troutman, the list goes on and on. And then for the Falcons, they have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley. I mean, you're looking at Hayden Hurst, guys like that. And look, both teams definitely have pretty solid skill position groups, but I'm going to take the Saints here. I think Alvin Kamara is the best running back. I think Michael Thomas is the best receiver, even though he's had definitely a tough start to the season. I think that he's still better than Julio and company. I feel like Ridley is the better number two receiver, but Emmanuel Sanders is definitely up there with it, and I feel like he could definitely have a bigger game in this one, and I feel like the Saints do have more depth here with Deontay Harris, Marquez Callaway, and then when you look at the tight ends, I feel like Jared Cook, Hayden Hurst, pretty similar. And then when you're looking at the depth, the Saints will probably be without Josh Hill. So that means it's going to be a lot of Adam Troutman in this one. And uh, again, it's going to be interesting. I mean, their backup tight end is Luke Stocker. So again, it's not like the Falcons have this great group. But again, I'll take the Saints in a slight edge. But I do think the Saints have an edge. And I feel like when looking at the Saints offense, as I said, the key is their skill position group. So they better have an edge. And they do. So to me, that is very, very good here for the Saints in the skill position groups. Moving it over to the O-line here, and I'm going to take the Saints. This Falcons O-line definitely has a lot of holes here outside of the Jake Matthews of the world and the Alex Max of the world. Really, besides that, I feel like they really haven't been that solid here looking at their offensive line right now. Mack, actually, according to Pro Football Focus, hasn't been amazing. He's the 16th best center right now, so pretty average there. Um, when looking at their guards, kind of Chris Lindstrom is a really good PFF grade, top 10. But then their other guard, James Carpenter, has not been so good. And then when you flip it over to their tackles, McGarry and Jake Matthews have kind of been average. So I feel like the Saints definitely you know, have a chance to take advantage of that. Up the middle, they have a chance. I feel like on the outside, they have a chance. 
it's a pretty average O-line to below average, and I feel like the Saints, they have a top 10 offensive line, maybe even higher right now. I feel like the only place that's a little of a hole is going to be Cesar Ruiz, and a lot of people have been ragging on him, which to me is like, look, he's been had some very high highs, excuse me there, but he's also had some very low lows, and again, one of those low lows is what really aggravated the Drew Brees injury, so I do understand that. Again, Nick Easton's always an option, and I feel like Easton's a guy that's going to give you average play. He's going to be steady Eddie out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints turned to him maybe this week because you have Taysom Hill on a new quarterback in there, so it's going to be very interesting to see how all that works out for the Saints, but right now they have a better O-line here than the Falcons. Flipping it over to the defensive line here with the Saints, and I feel like they definitely have a better defensive line, and really besides Grady Jarrett, who's having a pretty good year, it's been a lot of average to below average for this Falcons defensive line, whether it's Tyler Davidson, who we know is just average, John Kaminsky, average. I mean, you go through these edge rushers below average with Charles Harris and Stephen Means, both of them definitely not in like the upper echelon of pass rushers. When you look at their rankings in PFF, uh, Harris is 76th and Means is 83rd. So definitely not good stuff for them. And it really only gets worse with their backups. So I feel like this Saints offensive line will be able to make really easy work here of this Falcons defensive line here. And then when you look at the Saints and what they're putting out, I feel like the Saints defensive line is really hitting their stride. Cameron Jordan, he's been like the facilitator. He's been the point guard here of the defensive line right now. Marcus Davenport has really been outstanding for this Saints defensive line since he's came back from the injury. And I feel like there are multiple plays over the last few weeks where he's just like really beaten the other offensive linemen. So Again, he's been outstanding, and I feel like he really is growing into his own, which is great to see. And then Trey Hendrickson, really been good taking that next step. That's huge uh, for his career. It's huge for the Saints this season, and I think that's very, very big. And then on the inside, David Onyemata, the the Manitoba Mauler, as Nick Underhill calls him. He's just been outstanding here for the Saints this season, especially with Sheldon Rankins on IR. Again, Onyemata has really taken that next step. And after that three-year deal, a lot of people were questioning it. And again, the Saints were able to really cash in on that deal as it looks like a steal now because he really looks like a very, very solid defensive tackle. So I think that's really big for the Saints uh, defensive line here. And then Malcolm Brown, if he plays, he's another piece and they have so much depth. And this Saints defensive line is really trending upward. And as I said early in the season, if the Saints were really going to get one defensive group to elite first, it was going to be that defensive line. And I feel like they're really trending that way. They've dominated the last few games, and hopefully that continues on Sunday against the Falcons. The linebackers, this is an interesting one, because the Saints have been pretty run-the-mill on linebackers this season, because, like, Demario Davis has having to do so much that really he hasn't been able to show out in certain areas. Then you acquire Quan Alexander, and then just last week you have Demario Davis having this huge day because... Quan Alexander is able to take a few things off of Demario Davis's plate. And I really feel like that's something that's very positive for the Saints going forward. And then really, to me, makes the matchup well against this Falcons linebacking group, who I also think it's actually been pretty, pretty solid when, you know, you're looking at these two groups, because obviously you have Deion Jones, who's really that impact linebacker, reminds me, you know, a lot of like what Demario Davis is doing for the Saints all around the field. Like we all know that. And then really the other two guys, to me, have also played well with uh, McCall Walker, who's, I, I think, a guy that, you know, he's had actually a really good season this year, according to PFF. And then you have Ola Kuhn on the other side. He's been pretty solid as well. So I feel like right now when looking at these linebackers, I feel like with the Saints playing up to their level and also the Falcons, really their best defensive group, I'm going to give it a push here. So 
that is to me very interesting. And I feel like both groups, I think, I feel like they're coming into their own, which is, is definitely positive news for both teams. And then finally, the secondary. I'm going to give the Saints the edge here. And I, I feel like, especially if Marshawn had more plays, and I feel like right now with what the Saints are doing, I really like how the secondary is really starting to put you know two good games together. You're hoping a third. And actually, the, the Bears game was good. So three good games together, now looking for a fourth. I, I, I don't know. This is another test because the Falcons definitely have a pretty good pass attack here with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you know, we all know them. So I feel like we'll see what the Saints secondary does, but I think they're better right now. Marshawn Lattimore, I think he's going to be motivated. Janoris Jenkins, I think is a really solid number two corner. Your safeties are playing really well now, which I'm very, very excited about. When you have Malcolm Jenkins playing at a high level, you have Marcus Williams, excuse me, playing at a high level, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing at a high level, and so he had a just outstanding game last week. Really one of his best games of his career, Chauncey Garner-Johnson. It's really sky's the limit here for this Saints team. And that's something that I'm really excited excited about for this group. Excuse me. So that's just really what I'm feeling there. And then what the Falcons are putting out right now in their secondary. A.J. Terrell, who's a rookie. Darquise Denard, excuse me, there. He's just a veteran kind of journeyman. And Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal, nothing outstanding there. And I feel like the Saints, the way they're playing right now, have the edge in the secondary. Moving over to special teams and coaching, I'll take the Saints in both groups here. And right now, I feel like what Will Lutz is doing, I think it's great. I think what Deontay Harris is doing is great. Thomas Morissette has been a little up and down, but I still trust him a lot. So I'm really not that worried about the Saints special teams group. Their their punt team has been outstanding. Marquez Callaway recovers two fumbles last week. I think that's great. And to me, the special teams group is really good. I mean, when you're looking at what the Falcons are putting out. Young Hoku has actually played really well here for this Falcons team. And again, I, I feel like when looking at Brandon Powell, Sterling, um, Hofchetter, hope I'm saying that right, but really it's nothing special here uh, for the Falcons and what they're doing in the special teams. Then coaching, I mean, I just really feel like this is going to be a huge game for Sean Payton. I feel like this is going to be like, is Taysom Hill your guy? And I think he's going to put a really nice game plan around him. I'm actually really excited for it. And I think he has the edge over Raheem uh, Morris, who is the Atlanta interim head coach after Dan Quinn got fired. So, again, that's kind of uh, what it is for Atlanta. I'm not really expecting any like great you know, coaching from Atlanta. I mean, we'll see what Morris does, but I'm expecting the Saints and Sean Payton to have an edge here. Dennis Allen has been really good at play calling of late. I think the Saints coaching has been better of late. And I'm really excited to see what happens here. So it should definitely be a very interesting matchup. Score predictions are going to be really interesting this week because I don't really know. I really don't know what's going to happen. I feel like the Saints are going to win this game. I feel like it's going to be like 24 to 17 or something like that. Maybe like 27, 17. Uh, around those guidelines, I think the Saints pulled this one out. I'd be surprised if they got to 30 points. But I mean, I wouldn't be so surprised. But I feel like the defense is going to step up. And I think the Saints are going to have one of those games like they did against the Panthers where they held on to the ball for a very long time. And uh, I feel like they're going to run the read option well. I mean, they're probably going to hit some big plays, too. I mean, maybe they will score more than 30 points, but I'll say 27-17. Solidify it. Lock it in. I'd probably be very, very wrong because who knows what's going to happen in this game with Hill at quarterback. But uh, it's definitely going to be interesting, and I can't wait until Sunday so we can all sit down and watch it. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Who Dat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. So that means on Twitter, you can follow us at the Who Dat Dis. Me personally on Twitter, you can follow me at Andrew Galata. On Instagram, you could follow the podcast at Who Dat Discussion. 
And then also, you can listen to the Who Dat discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We are on all of those sites. Should definitely be a very interesting Saints game. Everyone's saying it's one of the ones they're most nervous for this season now that Hill's starting. It's the most intriguing one. Very excited. And it's it's like a lot of different emotions in the air here for this game. But again, we're going to see what happens. And uh, we'll be right back with you on Monday for a preview episode. Just one more quick thing. It's breaking news on the pod right now here. Drew Brees actually has been placed on injured reserve, which means he's going to be out for three weeks at the minimum, which is something I feel is very interesting. We were just talking about how it looked like he wasn't going to be placed on IR and, you know, that would kind of put him to that two to three week time frame. But now he is placed on IR. Now we're looking at a three to four week timeline, maybe even longer, five weeks, six weeks. You know, we don't really know at this point. And I feel like it was the safe move to, you know, put him on IR because now he won't push it, push it, push it. So, like, even if he's really not ready to go in three weeks, he's going to try to push it. Like, I think it's best to at least now extend it to three weeks. And after these three weeks, let's see how he feels. And then we can go week to week, fourth week, fifth week, sixth week. And uh, to me, that's just really what it is. So maybe it's not like, you know, really changing his timeline right now. It's probably still around three to four weeks or two to four weeks. Now it's not two. So it has to be three to four. But I feel like it still leaves room for him to come back before the end of the season. So he can really, you know, get back in to, you know, his rhythm and really be ready to go for January, which is, look, the most important games of the season. So I think that's going to be very big, but definitely wanted to put that into the pod because we were talking about it a lot earlier, how, you know, Drew Brees doesn't get put on IR. It could be setting him up for only two to three weeks, but now it's three weeks and, uh, or three, at least three weeks. And we'll see what Taysom Mills got three times. He got three games, at least three games to show what he's got. I mean, unless he's like really bad, he will have less, but Again, he has three, three games, so we'll see what Hill has, and uh, we'll see if he's going to be the future of the Saints team. So it's either going to be a very happy, optimistic recap episode, or it's going to be a doom and gloom uh, recap of this game, and we'll just have to see what Taysom Hill and the Saints have in store for us on Sunday. But I think with all that said, I wanted to say thank you guys for listening, turn it loose, and who dat?